Good morning, beautiful people of God. Pastor Dewey Modi here of For God's Glory Alone Ministries. Happy Resurrection Sunday to you all. It's a different one for many, many, many of us. For the first time in several years, I'm not preaching the sunrise service at the First Baptist Church in reserve, and I'm uh, mourning about that. And many pastors and worship leaders, of course, and are having, uh, you know, it's just sad not being able to be with everybody at this time in our history, but we continue to pray that this pandemic will end and healing for all. This morning, I'm under no time constraint here. I just want to share with you what is on my heart so much to show you the love of Jesus. We're here every day, 24 hours a day at fggam.org to serve our Lord and to serve you. And we want you now this morning to encourage you to pray for your pastor and for your church members, your fellow church members as we are separated. Some are having drive-in services uh, this morning. Uh, we pray for all in the safety of all and it's been a tough time for pastors and leaders of churches in the congregation not being able together. Just a tough time. But, you know, let's go to Luke 24. He's alive. I'm going to refer to Luke 24 here as I talk to you this morning. You know, I remember the story of a pastor. He was telling some little kids about the resurrection when a little boy raised his hand and asked, what was the first thing Jesus said after he came out of the grave? The pastor replied, To be real honest, I'm not sure. Well, a little girl raised her hand and said, I know, I know, I know, pastor. When the pastor asked her what Jesus said, the little girl stood up, threw her hands in the air, and yelled, Ta-da! Ta-da! Remember when we were kids, when we'd do something magical, we'd go, ta-da? Well, in a real sense, very real sense, the little girl's basically right. As we just read there in Luke 24, if you'd read Luke 24 for me, you read that, and the disciples were sitting around talking to the men who had just seen Jesus. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears before their eyes, ta-da! He appears out of nowhere and says, Peace be with you. At first they were startled and afraid. Well, who wouldn't be, right? But can you imagine how they must have felt once they realized it was true? Hey, that's Jesus. It's really him. He's alive. Did you hear me, my friend? He's alive. It's the most wonderful event in all of history. I don't know if we think of that. It's the most wonderful event in all of history. But what does it mean to us? What, what does it mean to us here in 2020, in this crazy world we live in? But God is still God. You know, one man said, I, I just don't see any reason to go to church every Easter, every Resurrection Sunday. It's always the same thing. It's always the same sermon. Well, today... You may hear some of the same things you've heard every Resurrection Sunday, but I hope it never gets old to you. I can assure you that it never gets old to me. 
the fact that Almighty God came to earth in the form of the man Jesus. He was brutally beaten and tortured. He was treated worse than anything. He was nailed to a rugged old cross. He died for all men so that there could be forgiveness for our sin. He rose again on the third day to prove everything he had claimed. Remember that. It's everything he claimed. He lives today with arms extended to every man, woman, and child in this world, saying, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. And boy, don't we need that in this anxiety-laden world we live in. Hearing those facts never gets old with me. That's why we always encourage everybody to read God's Word every day, to soak it into your heart, mind, and soul. In fact, I need to hear it more often. I need to be reminded that I am loved that much. Because I am a normal human being with troubles and trials and temptations just like you. Satan tries to get me tripped up just like he tries to get you tripped up. And you see, when people are not uh, deep into the roots, their roots are not deep into Jesus, they get swept away and go off thinking crazy things, like so many people right now are sending me crazy videos and all sorts of weird things. But we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus here and not man and God's word. The resurrection story never gets old with me. I love it, I need it, and I'm counting on it. Let's consider, my friends, the events of the resurrection. Verse 1. Now remember, this morning, we're referring to Luke 24. In verse 1, it was a tradition for mourners to bring extra spices to the burial site the following day after a burial. But in this case, the burial took place on Friday evening before 6, which meant that Saturday would have been the Sabbath. Jewish law mandated that a person could not work on the Sabbath, and carrying spices to a grave would have cons been considered work, therefore the women had to wait until 6 p.m. on Saturday evening. Matthew and Mark recorded as early dawn when they arrived. Was that a coincidence? No. It was, my friends, it was just as God had planned and just as Jesus had been proclaiming. What do you suppose the women expected to see when they got to the tomb? According to Mark's gospel, the only thing they were thinking about was how they would get the stone rolled away so they could get in to anoint Jesus' body. But God had that problem covered as well. In verse 2, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. We're told that they went inside and did not find the body of Jesus, and they began wondering about it. <laughs> I would think so. If I went to the grave of a loved one and it was open and there was no body, I'd freak out. I'd freak out. In addition to the fear and wonderment they had already had, suddenly two men, angels, were standing there. Women couldn't even stand to look at them because their clothes were so bright. It would have been like a bad dream where you are so afraid that you hide your face in the pillow and pull the blankets over your head. There are just certain things 
you don't expect to see when you go to a gravesite. And on this particular Sunday, the women are witnessing the unexpected. Then two angels speak. Let's use some modern slang here, shall we? Forgive me. Hey, girlfriends, what you looking for? <laughs> they said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen just like he told you he would. Huh? You ought to know you can't keep a God-man down. <laughs> Don't you remember what he told you while he was still with you? Verses 6 and 7. Oh, yeah, we forgot. There's a lot of amazing things about the events that took place from Friday through Sunday. But one of the most amazing things is that Jesus told everyone ahead of time of those events would happen. And that's what a lot of people forget that Jesus did that. He told everyone ahead of time that those events would happen. Jesus told people the grave would be empty on the third day. Jesus told people he would be alive on the third day. In one sense, the angels are really asking the women, Why didn't you believe what he told you? Why are you here? Why are you looking for him? He's not here. He's risen, just as he said he would. The resurrection of Jesus proves that he is true to his word. And I pray that the whole world comes to realize that Jesus is the truth. If we can trust him to be true to his word about overcoming death, we can trust him to be true to his word about everything else. People are often heard saying, Where is God when I need him? Where is God when my back hurts so bad that I can't even stand up straight? Where is God in this pandemic? Where is God when the pain is so bad I don't think I can go on? Where is God when my fiancé decides to leave me and go marry someone else? Where is God now that I've lost my job due to this pandemic? Where is God when my loved one has COVID-19? The truth is, he's always with us. Where is God when I've got to wear a mask to go out and shop? He never promised us a pain-free life. It seems like a lot of us are spoiled, that we deserve something always better. People need to know biblical history, the history of this country. He never promised us a pain-free life, but 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, My grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect in weakness. You're not going to understand everything in your life and in this world we live in. He never promised us a life without trouble, but Matthew 28, 20 says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. He never promised us 100% happiness, but Psalms 34.18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Some have lost their job. I shouldn't say some. Many have lost their job because of this pandemic. Many people, including our son Lars in Chicago, Sharon's clinic has been closed for about a month now, I think. He never promised that we would be financially comfortable. So many people are waiting for the stimulus check from the government. That's good. Many people need that. But that's not the point. He never promised we would be financially comfortable. The government is not going to make you happy. Jesus is where your heart, mind, and soul needs to be. 
We're not going to have the perfect job. We're going to get laid off at times. Many of my friends have lost their job here in the radio industry because of the downturn. Psalm 111.5 says, He provides food for those who fear Him, who remember His covenant forever. There's no panic needed, folks. The book of uh, Nahum says, The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust Him. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust Him. After the woman at the tomb were reminded about what Jesus had previously told them, it got excited and went to tell others. Matthew's Gospel says, They hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Mark's Gospel says, They fled from the tomb. John's Gospel just mentions Mary Magdalene running from the tomb to tell Peter and the other disciple. No matter which Gospel account you read, you can sense the urgency and telling others that he is risen. You know, that's one of the things I so much enjoy in ministry is, is telling others the story of Jesus, sharing the love of Jesus, sharing the love and truth of Jesus to the world every day. That's what I, I just get a thrill of doing that every day. We get to do that here at this ministry seven days a week. You know, when something exciting happens in our lives, there's not a human being alive who keeps it completely quiet. And most of us blab so much like me that people get tired of hearing about it from me, like my healing from diabetes. Going into the doctor last April 2019, blood sugar 299. This morning, it was 88. I'm no longer taking metformin. The doctor says I'm healed of diabetes. Many people told me I'd never get off that metformin. I am. I've been off that now, what, for about two months? God does miracles. But some people don't look to God when they're praying for that miracle. They'll pray for it, but they don't look to God and what he might be telling you. What God told me was change your eating habits and get more exercise. In fact, this morning I still got another message about, can you have Sharon send us your good diabetes soup recipes? I have to tell you, like Sharon says, it's a common sense recipe. Just cut out sugar, cut out that pasta, soda pop, anything that is not good for you. Just use common sense and it'll bring down that blood sugar and get exercise. Take care of your temple. Not that you are not, but maybe there's other things you can do to help yourself. But there's things we have to do in our lives. I remember that preacher that told me one time, he said, you know, Dewey, when you pray, and we pray and we pray, we also have to be the hands and feet of those prayers. You know, this enthusiasm that I have for my healing and my diabetes just, you know, sends fuel into my enthusiasm to share Jesus every day and the events of the resurrection. Nothing that happens in your life is as important as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because his resurrection means that you can see heaven when you die. Not only can you see it, you can experience it 
for eternity. So many people are headed to hell because they have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Let's talk about the meaning of the resurrection. If Christ were still in the tomb, we would be the most ignorant people in the world to sit here every week and sing about a dead man. Preach about a dead man, pray to a dead man, take communion to remember a dead man. The fact is many skeptics have tried to find his body. Many scientific skeptics have tried to prove it didn't happen. And many of them have ended being convinced that it did. The resurrection proves that Jesus was not a liar. He did what he said he would do. And since that is true, we can have the confidence that he will do everything else he promised, which includes coming back again for his church, his people. On many occasions, Jesus spoke of a glorious place called heaven. And on many occasions, he spoke of a horrible place called hell. You can rest assured that he wasn't joking about those places. They exist, each one having its own purpose. And I pray you have chosen heaven and not hell. That's why I do what I do. I want to help people accept our Lord Jesus Christ and then not accept eternity in hell. The person who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord doesn't have to fear hell. Jesus said, if you call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. 1 John 2.23, no one who denies the Son has the Father. In other words, you can't reject Christ and his church and expect God to welcome you into heaven on the day of your death. I plead with you, don't ignore Christ and don't ignore his church. The Bible tells us the church is the body of Christ. You can't claim the head and reject the body. The encouragement of the resurrection. Because of the resurrection, we can believe everything Jesus said. It didn't take long for the women to recall the words of Jesus once the angels reminded them. They remembered that Jesus had said he would rise again. Now they know it's true. Some of you are just like those women. Once you heard the words of Jesus, you connected very quickly. It didn't take long for you to realize that he is real and that his word is true and that he's alive. We have new Christians listening to this message today who have connected very quickly and came to trust him as Lord and Savior. But some people listening today are more like the disciples who really didn't believe at first. Verse 11 they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense. Not everyone who hears the good news about Jesus will believe at first. And that's okay as long as they eventually come to trust him while they are still on this earth. Some people are more like Peter. Remember him? He was one of the disciples who was very close to Jesus while he lived on this earth. Peter is the one who denied Jesus three times when he was approached and accused of being one of Jesus' disciples. Look what Peter does when the women tell the disciples that Jesus is alive. Verse 12, read that now. Peter had an inquiring mind. He wanted to check it out. Some of you are just like Peter. You want to know more before you make a decision about whether he's really alive. That's okay. Just don't be fooled into thinking you have all the time in the world. 
Every day is a gift. None of us know how long we have to live. On Easter 1992, my father died suddenly of a heart attack. It was the week he retired. Thankfully, my dad accepted, had accepted Jesus Christ years and years before he passed. He was a leader in the church there in Wyndham, Minnesota. Mom died at 64 also in 1995, January. They had plans, but they both knew Jesus Christ, so they are in heaven. You can make plans, my friends, but you may be called home today. I may be. Let me tell you something I've learned from experience. You won't learn more about him by lying in bed or sitting in a boat on Sunday morning. Join your local church. Join a church. Have a pastor. We're here at For God's Glory Alone Ministries to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ, but you need a local pastor. You need a body of Christ. We're not against people enjoying time at the lake or taking a day off, but we know that worship and Bible study in a group setting is much more conducive to learning about God than trying to do it on your own. God didn't create the church so we could be called lone rangers. There's too many lone rangers right now roaming around this world thinking they know it all more than God. We need each other for strength and encouragement. He's alive. I know it. And so do most of the people listening today. He does amazing things with people who trust him. The resurrection of Jesus Christ encourages believers to keep on believing, and it encourages those seeking the truth to keep on seeking. Matthew 6.33 Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. He's alive. He's alive. Read Luke 24. I pray that this message has been an encouragement to you. We pray that you have a very blessed Resurrection Sunday. We pray that you will grow and grow and grow in our Lord Jesus Christ, and you will tell the world about Jesus. He's alive. I'm Pastor Dewey Modia for God's Glory Alone Ministries. You can find me 24-7 at fggam.org, fggam.org. We love you all so very much.